I swear I just watched this yesterday. <laughs> just, like, just a sure broken person. Did. I'm just a broken person. That's all. It's been a long day. I haven't. It has. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not typically like at the end of an eight-hour workday when we're recording like you are. So yeah, you have you have more reason for your brain to be tired by the time we get around to doing this. Yeah. My job doesn't take a lot of brain power. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it totally takes brain power. Anyway. (laughs) Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate Gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hi. Hello. Hello. How are you? Hot. How are you? (laughs) Thankfully, I'm not too hot because our AC in here is pretty good. That is good. Although my office is, my little closet does not get a whole lot of AC. So I'll probably be hot by the time we're done recording. Yeah, it's it's miserable. Kathy is melting. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's a tragic name. Oh, Kathy gone forever. Yep. Show is mine alone. Yay! Sad. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently we have different opinions on the matter. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm going to try not to die in here. Yeah, don't die. That would be sad. Yeah. Agreed. I'd be sad. Although I did just eat a pile of McDonald's french fries, so I'm feeling... Pretty good with my last meal if I do die in here. That's a good last meal. Yeah, yeah. I approve. Yeah. I had some chocolate and I'm drinking some uh, Honey Spot Road. Nice. By Two Roads. I wouldn't really call it a meal, but <laughs> that's the last thing I have consumed. <laughs> Although I don't expect my death is as imminent as yours sounds. <laughs> well, I've already melted, so, you know, as soon as I evaporate, I'll be gone. Right. That's tragic. I'll Agreed. Miss you. Oh, aw, I'll miss you. Aww. Thanks. How are you aside from being milty? I'm fine. I uh, had some homegrown tomatoes at work today that a coworker brought in, and they were amazing. Delicious. Yeah. I'm, the uh, best kind of tomatoes. Yeah, they were. They were so good, and I'm supposed to get some in my CSA this week, and I'm very excited about it. That is exciting. How are you? I'm good. It's been a busy week. And I've traveled many miles, but yes. it's been tons of fun. Yes, you're back now from your travels. Now. Yay! How was good it? Time. It was good time. It was great. I had a really good time. I saw how I went to like six different archaeological sites, I think it ended up being. Awesome. And I went to see some cool caverns. And I went for a hike at Big Bone Lake National Park. Who knew that was a thing? Ooh. <laughs> Why is it so named that? that? <laughs> I, I, big Bone because they found really big mammoth bones there. And oh, okay. Lake because it's apparently um, there's a lot of salt in the mud there. So oh. animals actually go there to use it uh, the area as a salt lake. Gotcha. The ground. So yeah, it does actually have, the name actually has a meaning. But unfortunately, it's got really 
different connotations now than the original <laughs> meaning when it was first named. <laughs> and yes, I did go there just because of the name. <laughs> because I had to. Yes. Yeah. And then I got, I went to a meetup for the uh, Astonishing Legends podcast, which was super fun. And the guys that do that show, uh, Forrest and Scott over there, are super nice and let me fangirl over them a little bit and put up with me fawning over them. And uh, yeah, it was good times. And nice. they, they had interesting stories and it was it was good times. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Very cool. And then I came back. I drove 15 hours back all in one day so that I could go camping with my mom the next day. <laughs> And then I saw some petroglyphs while we were up in Vermont, so that was also fun. Nice. Yeah, it's been great. Busy Mary. Very busy. Whew, I don't do anything. Story. Yeah. I just sit on my couch and hang out with Pepper, so. Yeah, that's fair. Well, I'm going to be starting back up at work soon, so. Yeah. I figured I'd take advantage of maybe one more one more excursion, one more long, long excursion before classes start again. Whoa. Mm-hmm. I'm sleepy. I am also sleepy. Sorry, that's not interesting. I'm just telling you because yeah. I'm like, uh... you know what else is happening on my first day of classes? What? Oh, we're talking to Ken Fader. <laughs> oh, that's that day. Yes, we will be talking to Ken Fader for the podcast, and that will be coming out as an episode. Uh, I don't know when, but we'll be talking to him on the same day that my classes start. So it'll be a busy day oh. and a fun day. I'm yes. so excited. Yes, busy day yeah. and fun. I agree. I yes. like to repeat everything you're saying. Yeah. Yes. So for anyone that doesn't know who he is, he's an archaeologist, and he happened to teach both Kathy and I in college, and it'll be great. He's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. He's uh, he's an interesting dude, so. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So that will be great. Agreed. Happy almost one year anniversary to that, to us. Yeah. Good for us. Yeah, right? Good for us. Go us. We're Whoa. awesome. <laughs> so with that, what are we talking about today in today. this podcast that we've been doing for almost a year now? Today we are talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 2, Episode 12, The Tok'ra Part 2. Ooh. Yes. We got a long previously on. Don't know if we need to <laughs> put that in there, but... Nope. I just commented that there was one, and that's yeah. it. <laughs> previously on, the last episode, everything that happened on the last episode. <laughs> and now the conclusion. Yes. <laughs> Is that Sorry. it for your recap? My yeah. turn now? <laughs> yeah, that's it. You got the rest of this. Sorry. Right. I'm just... We pick up where basically we left off with the Tok'ra having told SG-1 and SG-3 that they're not going anywhere until the Tok'ra are ready to abandon their current base. So Daniel wants to find out why the Tok'ra have chosen not to do an alliance. That's a word. <laughs> I, thought that, yeah, this, I thought that this was funny because Garshaw comes in and says, you wish to see me? And Jack's like, Daniel. <laughs> And then Daniel asks why they didn't want to make an alliance. I'm like, why didn't Jack just ask himself instead know. of deferring to Daniel? I thought that was a weird choice. Maybe but. because, like me, he was like, they already said the reason they wouldn't yeah. do it. But so, <laughs> maybe Jack wasn't really on board with asking them again. And that's why he made Daniel speak up. Yeah. yeah. 
So Garsha basically reiterates that the cost of an alliance would outweigh the benefits. It's not worth it to them to take the security risk involved in becoming involved with the Tauri. Daniel's like, give us time. We'll find something, something you must want or that will help. (laughs) Garsha is like, that doesn't exist. So Jack's like, we are prisoners, which has been his theme throughout this whole thing. Looks like cool to me. Yes. (laughs) Garsha argues this is for their protection as well as theirs, because knowing what they know about the Tok'ra makes them a target of the gold. And Jack's like, we are already a target. Oops. Tilk tells them again about how they took out two motherships. Because we just like to repeat information as we know right. in this show. Absolutely. If it's worth saying once, it's worth saying like 20 times, Kathy. Exactly. <laughs> if it's worth saying once, it's worth saying 20 times, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy, if it's worth saying once, it's worth saying 20 times. <laughs> Should we go through all 20 times? Let's not. <laughs> Sam knows though that there is something else going on here and Garshaw confirms this is true by telling them that none of them had volunteered to host Selmak and that they are disgusted with the idea of blending and therefore how can the Tok'ra trust them and Daniel's like no we just don't get it and Garshaw's like host Selmak then and Daniel's like uh no thanks yeah she's got a really good point here with this she well, does I would be your friend if you find us disgusting yeah, so she's like, no alliance, and then she flounces. <laughs> and we go to credits. Sure do. Yeah. A bit later, we're in the room with the glowy water troughs in it. Everyone's still just waiting around. SG1, SG3 are there. There are Tok'ra guards at all the exits, and Sam goes up to make peace and asks how far along her father is, but he doesn't know. Sam is really upset that he's not even going to know why she's not there to be with him as he's dying. Jack promises that we're going to get you back there. And that the good news is that we've got eight of us now, so we've got more manpower. And Tilk asks, is this another one of your strange jokes? (laughs) And Jack says, no, it's not a joke. So Tilk points out that the only way that they could possibly get out would be through the rings and then also through hundreds of Tok'ra. And they really don't want to be hurting anybody, especially not that many of them. And Sam agrees emphatically that they really don't want to be hurting anyone just to escape. Jack tries to argue that they will hurt people if they need to in order to get back home. But Sam at this point seems to be kind of considering maybe becoming a host herself. She says that if she'd understood it before when she was hosting Jolinar, that it might not have been quite so scary and terrible, that she might have actually found it enlightening if she'd really gotten what was happening so she gets up and all of a sudden calls for garsha who apparently has nothing else to be doing because she comes in immediately (laughs) i guess she was right outside martooth is with her and sam asks if the blending would be able to cure cancer which they're not really sure what that is so daniel gives them a brief explanation of it and garsha's like oh yeah we we cure that all the time that's not a problem so sam asks jack if she can offer this option to her dad and he's fine with that so they tell Garsha that they might have a possible host but that they're going to need to go back to earth to get him and that he's very sick but that they think that it's 
probably pretty likely that he's going to agree. So Garsha says that they can go back to Earth, but she's keeping everybody else there just to make sure that the two that she allows to go back to Earth will, in fact, come back. And they don't. Ep- show over. Nope. <laughs> that's it. Episode over. There's, uh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, it's been fun, everybody. Yep. And uh, see ya. Yeah. <laughs> or what happens is that Jack and Sam make it back to the SGC. Oh. Where they're greeted by Hammond, who's like, where's SG3? And I only wanted Carter. And Jack's like, we need to talk. No one wants you, Jack. Exactly. Come on, Jack. (laughs) You're such a smart mouth. Come on. Hammond must like not being bossed around on his own base when Jack's not around. It could be. That's the reason. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They adjourn to the conference room so that they can lay out the argument for... Sam's dad becoming a host and Hammond's skeptical. He's skeptical in the way Jack was where he's like, uh, he's not really saving his life, but giving it up to a gold. And Sam's like, no, it's more like sharing it. And again, she points out that it's the Tok'ra and not the gold that they'd be giving him to. Yes. Hammond also has concerns about the fact that Jacob knows a lot about Earth and about the military. And that information could be, you know, compromised in some way. Certainly Hammond's not trusting that this is a good deal anyway and that the Tok'ra are to be trusted. So he has concerns about letting Jacob go. It's weird here that like once Sam points out that they're giving him over to the Tok'ra and not the Gua'ul, Jack's like, yeah, they're very different people. And like this whole time he's been accusing the Tok'ra of being just like the Gua'ul. And now all of a sudden he's on board. Yeah. With them being different, completely different societies. I thought that was a strange yeah. switch that there didn't seem to be any particular reason for that. Because, like, literally two scenes ago, he's like, sounds like the gold to me. But now yeah. all of a sudden he's like, no, they're very different. Yeah. I, I actually was surprised how quickly he agreed with Sam that this was a yeah. thing they should do. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was too. I'm like, Okay. So Jack says he doesn't understand the difference between the Tok'ra and the gold, but there is a difference. Yeah. And Hammond's like, how do you know it's not a trick? Hang on a sec. That's part of your trick, right? No. That's not my trick, Michael. It's my illusion. And Jack says if these were regular gold, they would already have forced them to become hosts. But Hammond's like, but you're prisoners. And Sam's like, oh, it's only temporary. It's to protect everyone, including us. And Jack's like, yeah, I didn't buy that either. Because Hammond (laughs) looks skeptical. But There's a lot of skeptical looks in yeah. this episode. <laughs> Sam begs, not begs, it's almost Please, begging, pleads. Yeah. yeah. Sam pleads with Hammond that she knows her father would want to do this and become the liaison between the humans and this important ally. Mm. An honorable uh, position, an honorable undertaking. Back out on the other planet in the desert, some random Tok'ra is running, and he is definitely not wearing pink tights, Kathy, as you said. Uh, yeah. You thought they were wearing last time. <laughs> he for sure just had a long shirt, tall boots, and no pants. <laughs> just for the record. You know, because we haven't worn pants in months. And that was that scene. Yes. Back in the holding room, everybody is sitting around, including Garsha. She's decided to just hang out in the room with this, them <laughs> this time instead of creeping outside the room this time. 
Tilk approaches her and says that he wishes to take a moment to express his admiration for their cause. And he says that they are honorable and brave. And she thanks him and says that they feel the same way about Tilk and the break that he made from Apophis. Martooth and two guards run in and say that they just heard from a scout. So I guess that was the pantsless guy we saw running through the <laughs> desert before. And apparently the system lords know where they are. So that sucks. They've dispatched two motherships that will arrive within the day or possibly within just a couple of hours. So Garshaw is, of course, immediately alarmed by that and orders an evacuation and people start running to prepare. Run away! Run away! I I, I really liked uh, Teal'c's uh, fan, fanboying Garshaw. I did too. <laughs> I thought it was great. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. On Earth, Hammond and Sam have come to see Jacob in the hospital. Jacob's like, I told you not to recall her. And Sam's like, happy to see you too, dad. You're awesome. Love my dad. <laughs> They've decided to tell Jacob about what Carter does, even though it's classified because Jacob now has clearance. <laughs> Congratulations. Woo! And Sam says they need his help. And he coughs. I don't know why I put that in there, but I did. <laughs> well, he tried to laugh and then oh. starts coughing. Because he's like, oh, I'm dying. True. How can yeah. I help you? Yeah. He's like, oh, you want me to deliver a message to God? Yes. Actually, yes. That's what we do want. Okay. <laughs> Please. Thank you. That's what we've been doing all this time is hanging out with God. Right. That's what we've really been doing yeah. in our, our top secret program. <laughs> Using satellites to talk to God. Yes. Not exactly. Well, I don't plan to see the other guy. So they explain that Sam's satellite work is just a cover and that what? I know shock of shocks. <laughs> Jacob is for sure shocked yes. by that news. Yes, he is. Oh, there's a big surprise. That's an incredible. I think I'm going to have a heart attack and die from that surprise. So she explains that she travels to other planets through the Stargate. And he's like, ha ha ha. Yeah, right. And Hammond's like, no, it's totally true. And Jacob's like, you mean in simulations, right? And Hammond's like, no, it's real. So Sam explains they discovered this alien technology that allows them to do this. And he says, holy Hannah. <laughs> and he wants to know what they need from him. So Sam's like, you need to come with us to another planet where we're going to cure your cancer. And he's like, cure? And Sam looks uncomfortably at Hammond as Jacob asks what the catch is, and Hammond's like, it's a doozy. <laughs> sure is. It is. In the Earth Gate room, Sam, Jack, and Jacob all walk in. I thought it was very strange that they just got Jacob walking around without oxygen on anymore because he literally looked like he was at death's door in the last scene. So you would think that at the very least they'd let him have a wheelchair and keep him on oxygen, but nope, apparently that's not the case. He was probably too proud for that. Yes, possibly so. <laughs> So Sam and Jack are supporting him because he can't really walk on his own. And Jacob says, so this is the thing you were talking about that sends you to other planets, huh? The gate is dialing out. Jacob is very startled by the wave when it comes in. And then he's completely awestruck when it stabilizes into the event horizon. They walk up to the gate. Jacob's a little bit apprehensive and says, does it, what does it feel like? So he's a little bit nervous that it's going to hurt. But Sam tells him that he's handled worse before, and Jack says that it's a piece of cake. So they go through the gate. And Jacob's like, so you do that a lot, huh? 
He's doing surprisingly well still for somebody who is literally about to die. So I'm just going to chalk that up to adrenaline, which can do amazing things. And Sam says, yep, once or twice a week. Jacob says, well, that beats the hell out of a shuttle on the back of a rocket, like you'd be doing for NASA. And Jack points out that it goes way farther than any of the rockets could for NASA as well. They're kind of surprised that there's nobody around the gate to greet them. Jacob asks if they're sure that they're on another planet, because he points out that this desert here looks an awful lot like Earth. But Sam explains that the people that have been using the gate system have a physiology that is very similar to humans. So pretty much everywhere that the gate system goes is a place that is hospitable to human life. Cool. Yeah. Convenient. (laughs) Yes. Super convenient. Yes. Almost as if it were scripted. (laughs) Um, Almost like that. (laughs) Designed that way. (laughs) You mean this isn't a documentary? (laughs) No. Or are we saying that there's intelligent design? (laughs) (laughs) Well, they do talk to God, so. It's true. (laughs) Yep. In the caves, the Tok'ra are scrambling and packing and wringing stuff out of there. And down come Jack and Jake and Sam. (laughs) they encounter makepeace makepeace says they're free and that the team is helping with their tokra evacuation since you know they are trying to be allies and see there it is make peace there it is (laughs) good job make peace making peace living up to his name (laughs) they didn't put him on sg9 but he's still doing the job anyway that's right go you (laughs) and jack's like why what evacuation what's going on and daniel ushers them along so they start walking through the tunnels sam stops with jacob to introduce him to tilk I thought those were so cute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tilk just seems delighted to meet Sam's dad. I know. <laughs> then they follow Daniel along to their gear that they had given up when they first arrived on the planet. They can see in the distance the tunnel is collapsing, or one of them anyway. Not in like an, oh shit, we need to move kind of way, but in a, <laughs> we deliberately are collapsing this tunnel right. kind of way. Kind of like the opposite of when they were expanding the wall out before. It's like a glowy wall that is just contracting in now instead of expanding out. Yeah. So Daniel explains they're free to go because they're evacuating, which is what Makepeace said. And Tilk explains the golds are coming. The gold are coming. The gold are coming. And then we get a quick flash of two ships traveling through space. We do. I also wanted to mention that when Tilk saw the walls collapsing in on itself, he said something. He was like standing there looking in awe and said something in a different language. And Daniel says, direct translation. Very cool. (laughs) That also amused me. (laughs) Yes, that was amusing as well. After the scene of the two motherships traveling, we get a scene of a guy standing on a hill out in the desert. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose I'll keep going. (laughs) Back down in the caves, Jack asks where Garshaw is. He and Tilk go off to find her. Sam and Jacob make their way to Selmak's room, where Selmak is dying. Martooth is in there with a few other Tok'ra, and Sam introduces Jacob to all of them. Martooth tells Jacob that he has a very special daughter. 
And Jacob wants to know why he talks like that, because he's talking in resting hagfish voice. Sam explains that he's a Tok'ra, and that they are humans with alien symbiotes inside. And Jacob's like, so that's what you want me to become? You gotta be kidding me. You'd think that they would have maybe discussed this a bit more on Earth. I I think but, this whole thing was strange. I also think the yeah. way Sam talks to him through parts of this are yeah. really like annoyed child with a parent who actually has like memory problems. I don't know how to like because right. she's like, "Oh, I told you about this." Yeah, like, she's talking to him like kind of slowly and like his he's mentally impaired in some way but he's not yeah (laughs) like he's got cancer he doesn't have alzheimer's it was really weird it was weird jack wants not with them elsewhere (laughs) (laughs) jack just shows up and is like hey i was here all along (laughs) i was disguised as this tok'ra now i'm here (laughs) just hiding behind selmak elsewhere in the caves Jack is asking Teal'c and Daniel how the gold found them, and he wonders if maybe it's a spy. The old Maxwell Smart silhouette found the window shade trick. That's the second time chaos has fallen for it this month. And Daniel says, if so, that's not great, because then the Tok'ra can't really hide, because they're going to keep having the spy. Yes. AKA the spy would still be with them. Yes. I I seriously I'm so sorry about my lack of ability to form coherent words that most people would understand because they I say them in a normal way instead of the way I keep saying things in which I feel like I'm still saying it even as I'm trying to explain. Anyway. happens to me all the time when I'm teaching, especially, but unlike this podcast, I can't edit it to make myself sound better. So <laughs> I'm like, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. yeah. Students? Yes. <laughs> Am I at least somewhat coherent? And then they all laugh at me and it's good times. Aw, <laughs> fun. Yeah. Jack asks Tilk about the size of the communication orbs that we've encountered before, how small they come. And Tilk says, small enough to fit in your hand. Operator, I'm calling from my shoe. Uh oh. Uh oh. That was that scene. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Back in Selmak's room, Jacob is looking pensive and then tells Sam that he's not sure that he can do it. He, even though he's come all this way and apparently agreed to it before he left. Anyway, Martooth's symbiote, whose name I forget, Lantash. Thank you. Says that no one wants to pressure him into it, but suggests that maybe Jacob take a minute to meet the symbiote that he's hopefully going to be hosting soon. And Jacob's like, well, isn't that her? He says, gesturing to the body down on the table. Speaking of her talking to him in weird ways, she's like, nope, this is the human host. The symbiote is inside her. (laughs) Yes, thank you, Sam. So weird. Yeah, it was. So Selmak opens her eyes and speaks. And says that if Jacob agrees to the blending, they could be spending a very long time together. <laughs> Jacob says, you don't look so good. <laughs> and Selmak says, you're no vision of beauty yourself, sir. So off to a great start. They both laugh at this, though. So they're both taking it in a lighthearted way. But since they're both really sick, they also then both start coughing after they laugh. Great bonding moment. 
At this point, Selmak's human host starts speaking and says that she is really the one that Jacob should be talking to. And Jacob asks why her voice just changed like that. Sarush says that it's because you're speaking to the human host now and she introduces herself and says that if Jacob agrees to this blending, he's going to be taking over her role. And Jacob admits that he's having trouble wrapping his head around this whole situation and says that he doesn't really understand what's happening. Sarush says that Selmak is a wonderful Tok'ra and that she is very caring and very good company and has a wonderful sense of humor. Sam's like, that's good, Dad. You can sit around and crack yourself up for hours. Sarush kind of looks at her side-eyed and Jacob's like, yeah, very funny. But then Sarush says, well, she's really not far off. I've had almost 200 years of laughter thanks to Selmak. And she says that she's biased, but as far as she believes, Selmak is the most educated of all the Tok'ra and says that Jake will be overwhelmed with all of the knowledge and wisdom that he would gain by taking on this new role. So Jacob clarifies that he's going to be not just getting the symbiote and not just getting healthier, but also getting all of the memories and everything. And Sarish says that that's true, but that in full disclosure, he'll also be getting some pretty terrible memories, like all of the various encounters with the Gwauld and the loss of the previous host before her and says that he'll also feel the hagfish mourning the loss of her. Jacob excuses himself for a second and goes off to be sick in the corner. So Sam comes up and Jacob tells her that he didn't want his future soulmate to see him like that, which I thought was a little bit weird because once they've blended, then the hagfish would remember that anyway. That's true. So Sam reminds him that he doesn't have to do this, but Jacob says, yeah, I really do because my only other choice is death and that's not happening. But he also says that he didn't just get sick because of nerves or hearing what she had to say. It was also the chemo and the trip through the gate. So he's made up his mind. He is going to go ahead with this. Yeah. And Sam says, yeah, it's, you know, I get I get how weird this is. Trust me. Meanwhile, the Tok'ra are continuing their evacuation. Jack, Daniel, and Tilk go to see Garshaw. Jack tells her there might be a spy. And Garshaw's like, that's not possible. The Tok'ra are loyal for life. And so Teal'c's like, well, how did they find you? And she says, well, how did you find us? And Daniel's like, well, we kind of had a spy because Teal'c says, yeah, right. Jolinar. Yeah, good yeah. point, Daniel. Yep. One of the few <laughs> good points that Daniel's made so far <laughs> in this series. <laughs> So Garsha asks for the name of the spy, and Jack's like, well, I don't want to name names, but you might want to look at Kordash, because he saw Kordash with one of those long-range visual communication orbs, which we find out from Garsha that the Tok'ra do not use because they're not at all secure. Uh-oh. Yeah. So when Jack confirms that Kordash has one, Garsha immediately is like Tok'ra Crete yeah. and stalks off with other Tok'ra running after her. Yeah, she's pissed. Yeah. Jack follows and orders Daniel and Teal'c to stay behind. Which was an odd choice. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Daniel's like, I guess we stay here. Yeah. I guess I'll walk home. <laughs> they find Kordesh in one of the retracting hallways. Garshaw says that he has to come with them for questioning, but... This person turns around and says that he is not actually Kordesh any longer. 
and clearly feels awful about what's happening and says he's not what he appears to be and that he couldn't stop Kordesh. And because of that, he's just as guilty as Kordesh was. They flash over to Jack as this person formerly known as Kordesh is talking. And Jack is kind of like pointing and gesturing with his hand and looking like he's trying to say something as the wall continues to get closer and closer to Kordesh, formerly known as Kordesh person. Garshaw asks him to explain himself, and he says, I don't deserve to remain among the Tok'ra any longer, and then he gets run over by the retracting wall and screams terribly. And Jack says, ouch. (laughs) Yikes. Ouch, indeed. Yeah. Uh, Usually people don't scream in agony if they're not in pain, so. Only me, and that's because I'm a drama queen. (laughs) That's true. Can confirm. Elsewhere, Jacob and Sam rejoin Selmac in Selmac's room. And Jacob asks, what do I have to do? And Selmac says, well, if you're going to be my host, don't I get to decide if I like you? So Jacob's like, I'm a teddy bear. Hi, I'm Snuggle. Sam's like, yeah, teddy bear. Snuggly softness that feels so good. <laughs> Selmac asks Jacob how he feels about the Gould and Jacob says that Selmac is the first one he's ever met which is a little bit of a faux pas because Selmac is like I am not Gould yeah she's not pleased and then Sam's like I tried to explain the difference dad (laughs) (laughs) how she said it you're not far off from how she said it though (laughs) Jacob apologizes. He did not mean anything by it, but from what he's heard of the gold, who he just found out existed, he doesn't think he would like them very much. Selmak nods to Martooth to leave, and Martooth escorts Sam out of the room. Now that they're alone, Selmak asks, Jacob, are you a good man? And Jacob's like, well, it doesn't really matter because you're dying, so unless you want to die... Let's blend. (laughs) Quite the smooth talker. Yeah. And then he says he's scared and let's get it over with. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Very persuasive argument. Good job, Jacob. Well, it worked because Selmax like, I like you. Yeah. Yeah. True. I have decided I like you. Super. Selmax tells him. There is no turning back. I can't just hop in you and Kurt cure you and leave. That will probably kill us both. And Jacob asks after this is done, he'll still be able to talk to Sam. And Selmak is like, if she'll talk to you. Uh, I thought she said the way Sarush talked to you. <laughs> oh, but I like I like your interpretation oh. even better. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder which it is. Maybe I just. <laughs> Could be either one. <laughs> I didn't have closed captioning on when I was watching this, and I did have I didn't my either, so ear- you might have actually been right. Yeah. Well, I also had my AC blasting, and so I'm not sure how well I heard it. But... <laughs> Fair. After we do this, will I still be able to talk to my daughter? The way Sarush talked to you, yes. Selmak warns that the blending may not work at all, and they might both die. Anyway... Jacob asks for a few minutes with Sam before they do this. And so he goes 
over to her. Lantash reminds them that they don't have a lot of time for this. Jacob tells Sam that he's never been good at this stuff, but he's proud of her. And he was even proud of her when he thought she was just some satellite geek. So they hug. And Jacob is like, I'm a pain in the ass, so maybe Selmak will smoothen some of these rough edges. Might be a good thing. Then they're like, all right, let's do this. Let's do this! (laughs) Do it! Out in some other hallway, Garshaw and Daniel and Jack are walking. Garshaw says that Kordesh must have been guilty of something or else he would not have just allowed himself to be wallified, caveified, <laughs> uncaveified, whatever you would say his fate was. I like all of those. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so she thanks them and says that they must have saved a lot of Tokra in bringing this whole issue to their attention, but you still got nothing to offer us. So uh, thanks for the offer of friendship, but no thanks. <laughs> And Daniel says, well, of course we have stuff to offer you. We can offer you hosts. Because if it works with Sam's dad, then there's probably other people in similar situations that would be willing to volunteer, even if SG-1 themselves were not willing to. And so they all agree that it's worth considering. (laughs) I I feel like Daniel's really grasping at straws here. Yeah. Isn't he frequently? What (laughs) What is the likelihood that this will ever happen? I don't know. It seems yeah. like, like, are they just going to go into the hospice wards of various hospitals and start asking for recruits? Like, like, yeah, there probably would be people that would agree to it, but like, you would have such a data leak issue. Yeah. What if someone doesn't agree and then like tells their whole family before they actually die? Then you've got everybody finding out about the program. So <laughs> what if they're like, we have something that might cure you. We'll tell you about it, but if you don't agree to it, we're going to kill you right now. Right. I guess that would be the only way they could really handle it. (laughs) And that would be awful. If you agree to be killed right away after we tell you this thing, if you don't agree to it, let's do it. I don't know. That that seems rather sketchy. (laughs) Probably not true volunteers, if that were the case. Some people actually do make it out of hospice. Not very often, but it does happen. So... You know, some of them in there may still be hoping for a miraculous recovery. Maybe. If I were dying, I might do it. I probably would. Yeah. I think I would. Yeah. As long as my hagfish host never reminded me what they look like <laughs> and also wasn't an asshole. <laughs> I'm going to pretend that you are shaped like a teddy bear. Hi, I'm Snuggle. Hugging my brainstem. Snuggly softness that feels so good. And not a hagfish wrapped <laughs> around my brainstem. Can we both agree to that? Okay, great. Cool. Come on in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it might be okay. Welcome. <laughs> but again, then you have to you're then you're conscripted into this fight. But hmm. Might yeah. still be interesting. Yeah. Better than dying, so. maybe. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Back in Selmak's room, Selmak and Jake are lying on their sides next to each other. Jake. 
I sorry, buddy <laughs> that's, Jake. That's how I, <laughs> I. That's how I differentiated them in my notes. <laughs> Back in Selmac's room, <laughs> Selmac and Jacob are lying next to one another, face to face, on their sides. Martooth is explaining that. Tokra do not enter humans through the back of their neck because of the unseemly scar that results. I was a little confused here because they've mentioned that they try to infiltrate the gold by blending in. So if they were hanging out in like a gold mothership, wouldn't somebody notice that they don't have a scar? Maybe they only they wear should? high high neck clothing when they're amongst <laughs> the gold. Only turtlenecks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair. I'll go with that. Also, shouldn't they be able to heal that scar? Oh, I guess maybe they could heal the scar if they're using a sarcophagus, but not if they don't oh, have Oh, maybe. One. So maybe they don't actually have scars. Could, Who knows? Yeah. The gold don't go in face first because they don't want to see the look of horror on their host's face, Martooth explains as well. Fair. Um, yeah. That's fair. Jacob says goodbye. And Sam says, see you soon. And Jacob asks Selmak, now what? And Sarush says, kiss me. <laughs> and Jake's like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> and Sarush says, no, really. <laughs> For so, serious. Yeah. So they open their mouths and move in closer. And then we see the hagfish make the leap from Sarush into Jacob. Yep, I hate it, but I'm yeah. glad they kept it brief. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sarush dies, and Jacob, now in hagfish voice, says goodbye and passes out. Martooth covers up Sarush. I don't. That doesn't matter, but <laughs> I made a note of it. It's a. Yeah. It was a nice, respectful gesture. Yeah. Martooth checks to make sure that Jacob is alive currently. Uh, he does say that. Selmak is weak and reiterates that they may not make it and Sam asks if there's anything she can do to help and Martooth says no they only need time then a guard comes in to let them know that the gold ships have arrived and will be here soon and they need to destroy the complex Sam wants to know if they can move Jacob and Martooth's like no that'll kill him for sure that's inconvenient yeah Back out in the hallways, people are carrying around more crates, and Garshaw and the rest of SG-1 are walking. Jacob sees a woman walk by with a box that looks suspiciously similar to the one that was containing the orb that Kordesh had. So he goes after her, and she tries to run, but he manages to stop her. He apologizes as if he's wrong, but he takes the box from her and opens it, and then hands it to Garshaw. And... She says, oh, there's two spies. You would think that she would have figured this out before Jack does, but no, apparently Jack was the first one to figure it out, that Kordesh jumped to this new host. So it wasn't actually two different spies. It's just that the host switched. Yeah. The symbiote switched hosts. <laughs> apparently Tilk needed to explain that the symbiote can jump hosts. Shouldn't Garshaw know that? So she addresses the woman... Kordesh, and the woman says that the plague that is the Tok'ra will soon be wiped out. And Garsha says that she's sickened to think that she once called this hagfish friend. And that the system lords are going to fall, but that this hagfish will not be alive to see it. 
And so she orders the guards to remove Kordesh from the host without harming the host and to put that traitor in a vanishing tunnel, which left me with so many questions. Let's hear them. So this person that was now hosting Kordesh, who is she? Like, did she have a symbiote of her own? Was she a Tok'ra? Or, like, if she wasn't a Tok'ra, then she was just a human, and why didn't she agree to take on Selmak? So the woman I recognize yeah. as one okay. of the people in the Tok'ra council. Okay. but I didn't recognize that. And I assume, I didn't go back and double check that she spoke in hagfish. Maybe I assumed she had a hagfish, but I okay. didn't go double check because I'm a horrible monster. <laughs> so then if she is part of the council and she's a Tok'ra, then what happened to her Tok'ra hagfish? Great question. Does, like, can can somebody have two hagfish? Or does that automatically, like, does that kill them? Or do they have to battle it out for hagfish supremacy? Like, what happens if... If two hagfish enter a host. I don't know. I'm having two flashes right now. One is uh, My Two Hagfish, which is like a play on My Two Dads, where they need to learn to live together to take care of their one human host. And there's also an episode of the X-Files where they're up in the, I think in the Arctic or something, and there's like little wormy looking parasites in the ice that like go in their heads. But you put them next to each other in a jar and they like fight each other to the death. <laughs> so I'm having those two flashes at the same time. <laughs> so I really, yeah, I just really wanted to know what happened to this person and her her hagfish. Yeah. But we don't find that out. No, we don't. Yeah. Maybe it's just like an odd couple situation living inside <laughs> of this host. <laughs> so many sitcom possibilities. So many. <laughs> So after this, Garsha goes up to Jack and kisses him on both cheeks and says that she is proud to call him friend. So that seems to bode pretty well for the possibility of forming an alliance. Woo. Woo indeed. Some smaller attack vessels leave a gold mothership. Ominous music. End of scene. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> In the tunnels, Sam's sitting with her dad, holding his hand. Garshaw comes in, and in her human voice, whose host name I can't remember. Yosef? Yosef. Yes, Yosef. Says to Martooth that all the tunnels are basically collapsed, except for the one they're in and their evacuation tunnel. They've got to get out of there now. And Sam's like, what about my dad? So Yusuf says that Selmak will know how to find them when he wakes up. Daniel's like, but he'll be captured. And <laughs> sorry, I put her in there since I couldn't remember her name. I put her oh, in there fine. as Guman, I... G-H-U-M-A-N. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that also works. I'll allow it. So she says that Selmak will die before revealing their whereabouts. Jack offers to take them back with the Tauri back to Earth. And Martus like, no, he can't be moved until he's fixed or he's going to die. If only they had backboards. Take that, Tok'ra. <laughs> We've got technology you don't have. So there. <laughs> Suck it. Yeah. <laughs> Time to form an alliance. Yeah. Yeah. Here's our backboards. Now give us everything else. <laughs> 
Martooth offers to stay with Salmac and will then then they'll get out or the tunnels will take them before the gold can get to them. <laughs> so basically he's gonna hang out and they're either going to live or die. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty and much. Garshaw's like, I can't let you guys die like that. And Sam then volunteers to say, and Garsha is like, nope, because you are vulnerable because of your Jolinar head. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Jack also tells her she needs to leave, and Sam's like, no, I'm not leaving my father here. And then Martooth's like, we'll both stay, and for some reason, that's okay. Yeah, I don't know why that's more acceptable than either one or the other of them staying. I didn't get that either. (laughs) But Garsha and Jack both acquiesce to this. They're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. All right, cool. Yeah. (laughs) So they they all head out of there, leaving Sam and Martooth with Jacob and... Sell Mac. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Out on the planet's surface, SG three quarters and Garsha are running for the gate. She says that they don't have a lot of time before the Gua will dial in, and Daniel suggests that they take Garsha to Earth because it'll save a little bit of time since the Gua will can be dialing in at any second now. Jack orders Daniel to dial out, but he says, "Well, shouldn't we wait for Carter? Haven't they already established they're not waiting for Carter, Daniel?" <sighs> Meanwhile, Tilk is looking up with a bit of horror on his face and points out that there's a whole bunch of death gliders heading there now. <laughs> so Jack says, dial! And Daniel does, in fact, run over and starts dialing out. As the gliders approach, the gate opens and the gliders start firing, but everybody makes it through the gate and we get another weird, hard, awkward transition into the next scene, like we mentioned in the last episode with the weird, hard transitions. <laughs> yeah. Did you notice Teal kind of raised his zat towards the the ships like that was going to do anything? <laughs> oh, no, I missed that part. Yeah, what, <laughs> what is that going to do? Nothing. There's so many of them, yeah. and they're big. <laughs> they're so big. <laughs> I missed that. Uh, good times. Yeah. In the caves, <laughs> Sam and Martooth can hear the sounds above them, muffled, of course, of the firing weapons of the gold which is another awkward sentence i just said explosions you mean yes (laughs) well i meant they're firing on them not like yeah anyway (laughs) sam's like i hope i did the right thing martooth's like we didn't have any other choice end of scene (laughs) yeah back in the earth gate room we are looking at the gate and the iris is closed the alarm is sounding sg three quarters hammond and garshaw and a whole bunch of guards are all standing around and waiting Hammond asks Garsha if her people can defend against a Gwold attack, and she's like, eh, not, not so much. Daniel asks what Martooth will do if the Gwold get too close, and she says that he'll destroy the tunnels along with himself and Sam and Jacob and Selmak. Way to leave them there. Great job. Yeah. <laughs> if only you had backboards. I know. <laughs> In the tunnels, Jacob awakens. Yay! And Sam's like, Dad? But no, it's Selmak. And he says, Martooth, we gotta get out of here. Sam's like, where's my dad? But then Jacob is there and says, he's there. Talk about a hangover. So much stuff in my head. (laughs) Whoa. I know kung fu. Show me. And he gets up and he is 
overjoyed to find out his arthritis has also been cured. Holy Hannah, he says. Holy Hannah. Holy Hannah. Holy Hannah. So then they get up and get the hell out of there. They run through the collapsing tunnels towards the rings and whoosh out just as they finish collapsing. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the Earth Gate room, the tech that is up in the control room tells everybody that there's still no signal from SG-1. Back on the planet, the rings come up. Martooth says the Gwauld are dialing in, but Sam says not if we dial out first. And she says that she's going to take them to Earth and that he can go wherever he needs to go from there. She starts dialing and the gate opens, but they're not really sure who actually managed to finish dialing first. But Jacob points out they really don't have a choice. So they're going to have to try to go through regardless. Sam dials in the iris code. We flash for Earth and do get a confirmation that they have just received (laughs) SG-1's signal. Hammond tells them to open the iris. Death gliders come up and fire on everybody outside of the gate back on the other planet. And Martooth, Jacob, and Sam dive into the event horizon. Just in time. Yeah. Yes. They land in the gate room on Earth. I appreciate that, as always, the gate stayed open for just the right amount of time. Just the right amount of time. It's As though it knew how many people were going to be going through. Yeah. Selmak walks up to Hammond and thanks him for saving their lives. Hammond asks to speak with Jacob, please. And then Jacob is back and he asks, does he sound like the Tok'ra? Yeah. Yeah. He says, when the little fella inside me is talking, do I sound like her? Kind of gesturing. Teal confirms, yes, he does sound like that. And Jacob says he can feel himself talking, but he's not saying the words. He also, you know? yeah. He says it feels good. Yeah. He says, listen, George, to his buddy, Hammond. <laughs> because of this blending thing, I already know everything about the Tok'ra, and you made the right call. Hammond's good like, job. yeah. Hope so. Hammond asks them to do a debriefing before the Tok'ra leave, and Garsha is like, now nah, we gotta go. Thanks, bye. Yeah. Tilk assures them they're safe here, and Garsha is like, well, the spy means that we need to move again because the spy knew where we were going, so we gotta go so that we know where they're gonna go. It's a whole thing. It is. Yeah. Martooth is concerned they need to stop the tunnels growing because apparently it's a pain to collapse them all. I don't know. Anyway, I think it's just they don't want to be wasting the time (laughs) building new tunnels when they have to collapse them and get to a new planet as soon as possible anyway. Why do they have to collapse them? My impression is that they don't want the gold knowing anything about the technology that they have, including their tunnel-making ability or any other remnants that might get accidentally left behind. Fair. Garshaw asks about their dialing device, and Jack says they slapped one together. (laughs) And she finds this impressive and would like to see it because she would like to put in the coordinates herself. So Hammond takes her up to do that. Martooth, meanwhile, promises to watch over Jacob for Sam. And then we have Jacob and Sam saying goodbye again. (laughs) Say goodbye a lot in this episode. They do. But at least this time it's just because he's leaving and not because he's potentially dying. That's true. 
So he says it is ironic that he was trying to find her a better assignment and he didn't need it. And then she found him the best assignment a soldier could dream of. Thanks, kid. And she's like, do you have to go so soon? And he's like, yep, I'm the oldest and the wisest. (laughs) They need me. The gate opens. Garshaw says to Jack that hopefully there will be a time when they destroy the system lords together. Something to that effect. Yep. Yeah. Daniel then comes and gives her one of the special boxes that they handed out to the Sumerians. That's like a their means of getting in touch with them by, I don't know, hurling it through the Stargate and destroying it with the Iridium Iridium hurling box. Yes. Is it a different one or is it the same one? Because the Sumerians returned theirs. Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. So then what, how, okay, if they returned it, then how did the signature end up on the, how were they able to detect the Iridium? I'm confused. I thought that they did. Yeah. It should have vaporized then. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that they got it back somehow, though. I have, I don't remember. I don't well, anyway, anyway, they get one of these boxes, and again, they're like, oh, we'll totally know it's you, because there's, you know, who else would give you iridium to throw yeah. at our gate? Where else would you find it other than, like, tons of asteroids yeah. and, like, all over the place in the universe? <laughs> Jacob and Sam do one final hug. Jacob then says that Selmak says, don't call us, we'll call you. Jack smiles and nods, and the Tok'ra leave. That's it. That is it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that. Yeah. <sighs> Kathy, did you like the episode? I am going to take the two of them together, Tok'ra <laughs> parts one and two, and actually say I think I do like these episodes. Excellent. Yeah. I especially, especially, and this is a me thing. I, I after I re- watched them the way we do for the show, I actually watched <laughs> the two of them back to back without you know just for entertainment. Oh, nice. Yeah, and that made them a lot better because I think I, get, I would imagine. I think I get like, oh, they're still talking. Oh, I yeah. still have to write stuff about what they're talking <laughs> I have to about. Type so much. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, so I watched the two of them back to back a second time and I think I really enjoyed like the flow of it and I think we got a lot of interesting new characters that hopefully we'll I assume we'll see again many of them especially Mm -hmm. now that like Sam's dad's in the mix with this it was a little weird like are are Sam and her father's issues all now fixed yay maybe (laughs) but yeah overall I, I I think it was a an interesting episode and good for like continued story telling what's the word I'm looking for I don't know I don't know I don't know <laughs> you know what I mean like it's not a one-off thing we're gonna yeah. like this is a part of the lore of the show almost storyline yeah. rather than like a bottle episode yeah. yeah plot episode if you will yeah plot advancing episode yeah yeah so overall I liked it some nice. weird things. Yeah. Like Sam being weird about her dad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. How about you? I did like the episode. I, as I mentioned last time, decided to take them separately. And I did say that even with the, the to be continuedness of the last episode, I enjoyed it. And I liked this one um, just as much, probably even a little bit better since we did get a conclusion from it. Woo. I thought it was exciting. 
And I do like all the characters, even though I wasn't a huge fan of Jacob when like they first introduced him. I like him much better now. I think they, you know, he's kind of cantankerous and a jerk when they introduce him, but he becomes more likable as his his story arc progresses. Um, I liked Sarush. Is that her name? The human part of yeah, Selmac? Yes. Yeah. I liked Sarush and Selmac and that person as a character, so it's too bad we can't see more of that character combination. But um, I guess at least we'll still get, we kind of get a, a preview of what the writing for Selmac might be like in seeing how Selmac acted in that other host. So that should be interesting. Um, I like it also because it reminded me of Star Trek and the Trill. So anything oh, yeah. that reminds me of Star Trek makes me happy. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Trill. Yeah, so I thought it was a fun episode overall, and I enjoyed it very much. And as I said, I liked this one probably even a little bit more than the last one, but I liked them both. Awesome. Yes. What are we watching next? Can we stay on this streak of good episodes <laughs> hopefully i don't know i <laughs> don't know please tell me yes the next episode that we are watching is stargate sg1 season 2 episode 13 spirits like At- ghosts or alcohol mm. i guess we'll find out that's a good question let me see if the description gives us any clue mm. After the team discovers the element trinium on the planet PXY887, its inhabitants fire a trinium arrow through the Stargate, wounding O'Neill. Hmm. That's from Netflix. I have no recollection of this episode. Yeah, I'm trying to, like, remember. And Not season four. What are you doing? Booklet. Booklet. <laughs> Stupid booklet. Let's see what the booklet says. Just, you know. SG-11 vanishes while negotiating the mining rights of a valuable mineral on a planet inhabited by a tribe known as the Salish or Salish. Can SG-1 find their lost colleagues without angering the planet's mystical spirits or will they become the spirit's next victims? Mm. One of those sounds better than the other. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> it also sounds like it could be really problematic. I yes. guess we'll find out. Yes. That's what I mean. Problematic in the way of, uh, what was that other episode? Oh, God, which one? The the, the Mongol episode. Oh, yes. Um, oh, my God. What the fuck was that called? Oh, pardon my language. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we never swear on this show. Oh, my God. I can only remember the TNG episode. I know. I can now. only remember Code of Honor. Oh. <laughs> the Code of Honor equivalent. It could Emancipation. Be problematic Emancipation. Yes. Yeah. It could be. It could be uh, problematic, similar to emancipation. I emancipated that knowledge from my mind. <laughs> Good job. Thanks. <laughs> so proud. <laughs> Anything else to talk about? I don't think so. It's mm. real hot. It. Yeah. My closet has gotten hot. I'm going to go into my air-conditioned living room that's been blasting that probably none of my cats have been enjoying, but I will enjoy. Yeah, and I got to go finish saving the galaxy because I am almost done with Mass Effect 3. Hell yeah. Yeah. I might crack a Kenny book tonight. We'll see. Yeah, do it. I actually have another one that I'm planning on reading as well. 
All right. Well, as always, thank you for listening. Make sure that you subscribe to us on your podcatcher of choice so that you'll get all of our episodes as soon as they are released every Monday. You can also find us on YouTube. Reviews and likes are greatly appreciated because they help others find the podcast too. And word of mouth is also great since that can help more people find out about the show. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach us at stargatesing at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram where we are stargatesing at both of those. And if you're feeling generous and want to help support the show financially, you can find our Patreon page at patreon.com slash stargatesing. You get advanced access to episodes and special bonus episodes, as well as some behind-the-scenes blog entries over there. And you can check out our website at stargatesing.space, where you can leave us a review or a voicemail or send us messages. I'm Mary. I'm Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargatesing. The end. The end. Back in Selmak's room, ja- Jacob? Jacob, okay, yes. hang on. <laughs> Stupid Back- J's. Yes, I know, I hate that. I know normally I was trying to abbreviate abbreviate it J-A-C, but still a few times I apparently didn't do it right. Jack and J-A-C is the same for both of them. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I didn't even think of that, but yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> SMRT. <laughs>